Welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Max Keller. Uh, Max is a fantastic individual, is very dynamic. Uh, he's a, also a real estate investor, best-selling author, and highly sought-after speaker. He's also worked on a various panel as an expert in real estate, especially on the topic of lead generation and marketing for you real estate investors out there. Max, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Excited. Yeah. So tell me, uh, so tell me a little bit about because I know that uh, you used to be a school math teacher. So I'd like kind of kind of give you a background and a flavor of who Max is to uh, to the listeners out there. Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, um, I I before I got into real estate, I actually wanted to get into real estate back in 05. I just got married. Uh, I was 25 at the time. I'm 40 now at the time of this recording. And the uh, problem was in 05 was I wasn't really as coachable. I didn't read a lot and I didn't really have a plan. I was kind of just bouncing around, the, you know, uh, different boot camps and different trainings. And I set up an LLC, which has nothing to do with lead generation, which is most of what deal making actually is. So I just kind of didn't know what I was doing. And so it kind of fizzled out. Um, my wife's a teacher. I became a teacher. Um, and uh, worked for seven years as a teacher. And I had actually loved teaching. I got my master's in it. Every day was like heaven on earth. Um, you know, and that's, and that's coming from teaching middle school, which I mean, there are not a lot of people teaching middle school saying that, but I love it. And actually, so when I got into real estate, I didn't plan on, um, on going full-time. I saw real estate as a vehicle for passive income growth. See, my pay was pretty much locked in. You know, I worked for the state and or the city but i mean it's state government money and yep. it's locked in and i'm like you know i um i gotta do something i had my family was growing and um you know the they just get the kids will get more expensive and my wife worked at our church so you know we put together together the money it's enough to get by but i wanted to do more than get by so i i looked at at real estate my goal initially was just to maybe get like one or two rentals a year I was a pretty good saver at the time. I went through like Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University. I'm, I'm really, and I start teaching it at my church. So I'm really into that and I was getting the benefits. Um, so I started looking for deals with that idea. I would just get a couple rentals. I, I'd be bankable because my credit was good and I'd have a job and I would just get some rentals and uh, basically just, you know, pay them off. And then I'd be able to, my daughters get married. I can give them a house to live in or, you know, just maybe some for some income for them. So that was the whole mindset. That was 2015. But what happened was I kind of got the real estate bug and I really enjoyed it. And pretty quickly, I got a couple of deals under contract within about six months of starting, sold one for a $16,000 wholesale fee, you know, fee, which is about four months of teacher pay. So I was like, hold the phone. And I just thought it's a, it's a good way to make active income too. And uh, if you know what you're doing, but you know, as I discovered, it's the most important component of being an active real estate investor for me was the marketing and really having that dialed in. And so I've kind of gone through a journey through my marketing and, you know, I'll kind of share with your audience, you know, why that's so important and what happens if you get it wrong. Yeah. So I think this is this is very interesting. And I think this is why I think your profile fits so well with a lot of the investors that I talk to. They're working full time, they don't have time to go and, and look for other deals. And then, uh, you know, I keep preaching about, you know, the 
number one goal should be achieving financial freedom and start working on it now. And, um, and then so the easiest thing to get into is having like a single family rental. It's pretty, uh, pretty easy, easy to understand. There's no special kind of magic numbers or a special formula. You buy a house, you look at all the, how much it costs. And as long as you, um, your, your rent is higher than that, I mean, you're good to go. You have positive cash flow, and then you can build on that. Right. So this is this is very good. And this is kind of my recommendation for people that, OK, let's get started. Let's start building that passive income. And I'm not saying that just because, oh, I, I, you should be doing that forever, because a lot of time people are saying, well, I'm interested also in multifamily and, and I want to flip my house. So I don't want to do turnkey. My thing is that just get started in the turnkey, achieve enough passive income so that you have more freedom with your time and with your money. And then you can go in to these more uh, time consuming deals like flipping, like um, all of that. And you, one of the things that you found was lead generation. So, um, so tell us about that. Tell us about how you got started with the lead generation and how that uh, how did you evolve that into more like a more like a marketing, I would say, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, starting in 2015, it was just, you know, we're coming out of the downturn and I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth. There's a lot of people moving here. And so, you know, we could do, you know, pretty much traditional methods that have been around a long time and get a good ROI on our marketing. And so, but around 2017, things started to kind of tilt. And around that time, you know, I, I was literally trying every single kind of motivated seller marketing there was. I was sending out, you know, yellow letters and postcards and bandit signs. And uh, I had cold callers. I was doing everything. And, you know, what I found was, is um, it was really frustrating because I was, I was working full-time capacity, you know, to get these leads. And, you know, every campaign that I sent out, the I was just getting less and less response. And, you know, probably a lot of people feeling that way, especially now as we fast forward four years later. So I, I knew I had to do something a little bit different. So what I decided to do, because I was in the active investing space, is I said, you know, instead of just trying to like help everybody, who's really an ideal fit for me? Maybe if I can narrow down the fit, narrow down the message, narrow down the budget, and just do better marketing with a smaller group of folks that I'll have better results. And that's exactly what happened. I found that the people I wanted to work with as an active investor are folks, first of all, I want to do high profit deals. I didn't want to do deals that were skinny because they take about the same amount of time, but you don't make as yeah. much. Yeah. You know, I wanted to work with people. I go over to people's houses and, and I'd show them the comps, you know, comparable sales in their neighborhood and they would argue with me and but they didn't know what they were talking about. And I'm just like, you know, I want to work with somebody that sees me as the, the expert, the consultant, not just another dime a dozen, you know, real estate investor. And then, you know, obviously I wanted to work with people that I enjoyed working with. You know, I was working, some, some of these motivated sellers are really struggling and I had to go and bail people out of jail to get them to the closing and just- Oh my God, just, really? <laughs> oh, that's the, tip of the, that's the tip of the iceberg. That's like nothing. That's nothing. That's kindergarten. Oh my God. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to do that. Like, I, you know, I'm, I want to just work with just nice people that just need help and want to walk through this. Um, just like you do in your business and probably yeah. everybody does in any business that you're in. So what I found for me was most of my deals didn't meet all three of those criteria, but the ones that did, you don't have to be, you know, a math teacher to figure out the, the pattern. They were senior citizens. And so as I dug yeah. deeper in my list, I noticed that these seniors, they weren't coming from my normal marketing campaigns. They were referrals. Sometimes their kids were driving in our neighborhood and they would see us rehabbing a house. And 
And when I would make an offer on their house, I wasn't always the highest price. Yeah. And so I called one of the sellers and I asked them, this seller got like two offers from folks, $10,000 more. And, you know, on a hundred thousand dollar offer for an old house. I mean, that's a big percentage. And I just asked him, I said, why is it that you're working with me? And there's a, there's a big time lesson in here. Cause if you're always thinking, you know, if you're a passive investor, what's the highest yield, no matter what, uh, sometimes there's a catch. Or if you're yeah. trying to do deals and you're like, you know, or buy something, it's like, what's the cheapest thing possible. Uh, sometimes there's a catch. These folks knew that. And they said, you know, the reason that we took your offer that was 10 grand less is because basically just because I gave them the things that they actually cared about and they yeah. wanted a fair price, but they didn't want a, the lowest price for their home. They mm -hmm. cared that I explained everything to them. I took extra time, you know, that I genuinely actually, you know, like was there like wanting to help them. They liked it that I was telling them about options that didn't point to me. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, if that's a better fit for you, um, then I can introduce you to somebody. They really wanted like a trusted guide. And so I was like, well, that's good. So I kept doing that. I just focused on working with seniors. I was a little nervous at first because I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm not getting as many deals as I want now. And now I'm working with an even smaller group of people. I'll have yeah. less deals. But actually, the total opposite happened um, because I was speaking exactly to what was going on with them. And so I was getting known pretty well as like the senior housing guy in my area. But then next thing that happened was totally unexpected and it changed the way that I market, I mean, forever. And what happened was I was at a house in Richland Hills, Texas, and I helped the, the dad sell the home. He moved into like a retirement community and his kids were there. His kids were like in their, you know, I think the maybe late forties to early sixties. And there were, some of them were crying, you know, the family house is getting sold, you know, all the memories. And there's a lot going on. There's a huge transition of real estate that's happening right now with this group of yeah, people. Absolutely. And so anyways, the, the one lady's there, kind of the head, you know, kiddo that was running everything. So, you know, you've helped our family out a ton. Have you ever thought about, you know, a lot about this. Have you ever thought about writing a, you should write a book about it, mm -hmm. you know? And then I was like, huh, a book? Like, no, I don't think so. I'm dyslexic. Like there's, I'm like, there's no way I'm writing a book. That don't make any sense. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know, it's a pretty good idea. I was getting asked the same questions over and over and over again. So I could take those and instead of just be the guy who, you know, knows a lot about senior housing, I could be the guy who knows a lot um, and wrote the book on senior housing. So I just, yeah. just wrote a book with all the questions people are asking me, all the questions that, um, you know, people should ask and pros and cons of all the options that are out there. And I just laid it all out there. And that was my first book, Home to Home the step-by-step -step senior housing guide. I created a workshop and I started um, just sharing it, using it as my business card and passing it out to people. And it it had a huge impact because that I, I found what people, a group of people, not everybody, but it, uh, there's a segment of people, that's really what they really wanted. They wanted some education. They wanted to actually understand what their options were from somebody mm -hmm. they saw as like an unbiased, you know, foundational source. And so- yeah. And then it just sort of evolved from there. And then it turned into, um, and then we wrote a book to our private money lenders because, you know, once you have money, then our deals and you need, you know, more money for the deals, obviously. And so I was answering the same questions with those folks. And then, um, so we wrote a book on all the questions that, you know, people really do need to know and need to be asking before they invest mm -hmm. passively in a deal. Cause you know, we do that too. And, yeah. um, and it just sort of evolved from there. And, um, and then we can, you know, talk some specifics and ninja stuff that we're doing, but marketing yeah. is key without yeah. it. Active investing's no go. 
And, but working with somebody that can answer your questions, whether they have a book or not is uh, what most people are looking for. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. I think there's a couple of, there's a few things that, that, uh, that you mentioned that I really, uh, I really like is that first of all, is that when you're dealing with, with people, the, a lot of the focus is always around the money and stuff like that. And it's just like, but this is not all that matters, right? So people are willing to take $10,000 less for their house because you, you know, you help them with something, you, you provide information, you guide them, you, you, you sound better, you so more trustworthy, uh, you can work, you're more flexible in terms of when they can move out or something like that. There's a lot of other stuff around a deal that people are, tend to, uh, tend to forget and tend to ignore because it's much easier to, you know, focus on the mass and then just go and say okay well if that doesn't work then i'll just move on to the next one but you can sometimes spend a little bit of time to try to understand what the the seller wants and then kind of like make a deal that makes sense for them and makes sense for you yeah for us it was about creating an apples to oranges offer that nobody could compare us to because you know when everybody's doing the same thing that it just you know come you know is about price but when we position ourselves as trusted expert and author, it was about making the transition from, you know, being a annoying pest salesperson to a welcomed guest, mm-hmm. you know, trusted advisor. And then it turned into this whole licensing program. So now active investors all over the nation, we have four book systems um, and they, we figured out a licensing program where people can, um, basically just, uh, we customize the book to keep most of it the same. And, um, they put their face on it that we write their story in it and then they give it out in their local area. And it was actually, um, cause I'm really into financial literacy too. Cause I was, I saw that a lot in working in math, you know, and we get to eighth, ninth grade, they yeah. started in our state introducing financial literacy. And, you know, the, ch- the first chapter was, uh, about how to use a credit card. And I was like, <laughs> Oh geez. So uh, it's, it's a little bit rigged, but I really got a lot out of the Dave Ramsey financial piece stuff. Yeah. And here's what I, and what I noticed was, is there wasn't something like that for housing. What was happening was, is people don't buy a house or sell a house very often mm-hmm. in America. And, um, and so when they would try to figure out their options, they just kept reaching out to a straight commission salesperson who only told them about their option. And so I was like, what if we were seen and now our licensees, we have about 140 investors across the nation that license one of our books. I was like, well, what if we could be, so that was the model. It was like the Dave Ramsey model. That's where I got a lot of inspiration from it. Uh, When I created the workbook uh, was to do workshops. And so right now at this moment, we have over 100 investors across the nation that are doing workshops and they're speaking to local groups and they're giving them their workbook and they're oh. working through stuff, you know? And so like, that's yeah. really, um, it's been, it's been good. It's been a lot of fun. And I would just say, if you're thinking about active investing, marketing is the number one thing. And if you have that dialed in correctly, you can make a great chunks of money, but if you don't, you'll make no money and waste your time. If you don't have the time to dedicate to the marketing and you go passive, you know, work with somebody that's going to answer your questions, work with somebody that's going to, that's really looking at it. People can, people don't like it when they feel like somebody's just uh, peddling to them. They're not really listening. Yeah. You know, yeah. like not everybody that calls us should be a fit. Like that's impossible. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like yeah. that, but that's just sort of our um, mantra and something to watch out for when you're doing your investing. 
Yeah, I think I think this is great too. And find finding the right audience, something that you resonate with, but also becoming the expert. I mean, we did we did uh, when we started investing, we actually tried to start in, to uh, do flips in um, in San Francisco Bay Area, and um, you know, so we did the normal campaign and all of that, uh, yeah. nothing extravagant. Spent a lot of money, and then got a couple of leads here and there. But you had to be. Uh, you have to have the right conversation. You would talk to one uh, one person that would be responding to your ad, and then it, it's one type of conversation. Somebody is about to go in foreclosure or something like that, and so right. now you have to be an expert in you know the, preventing somebody to go in foreclosure. Uh, right. Somebody was underwater. Well, in San Francisco, that didn't happen very often to be underwater, but in other markets that we did it, we ended up in uh, underwater or people that didn't have uh, that do that owed property taxes and stuff like that. We also did, um, uh, what's the thing when, uh, about uh, people, when people pass away uh, and the probate. probate, that's it. So we did, we did probate as well. And that's another completely different conversation and very delicate conversation. And also the timing is important and when you want to have that conversation. So, and I, again, I, from you, like you, you focused on, on the senior housing. I think this is, uh, and you fo- then you focus on that conversation and you can easily target that market, I guess. I mean, we're going to talk in, in a moment about kind of like your, your ninja skills uh, for reaching your market or other market. Exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is phenomenal. This is a group that you can easily target by looking at the owner and blah, 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 and what age group they're in and kind of what stage they're at. And um and then you, it's, a, it's a similar conversation. You can be expert at the concerns and the questions that that particular population has. So I think this is uh, that's a phenomenal, I think, uh, niche that you found. And um, so let's talk about that. And let's talk about some of the ninja skills that uh, that you've developed uh, to reach that market and have these, uh, you know, help that that group of people. Well, you know, the first part is to not look like everybody else. So if you're most people are sending out, you know, a general benefit statement that's just saying, you know, we'll buy your house quickly and for cash. Well, that's apples to apples. Everybody's seen that a million times. And the problem with that message is that it's talking about the company, not the pain and hopefully solution that the customer is experiencing. So the who is really the most important part of marketing. That's that's if you get the who right, everything else is right. And mm-hmm. because you know, I've had these conversations with, with the seniors. I know exactly what their top 10 biggest worries are, their biggest fears are, what their secret desires are. And I put that in my copy. But most importantly, just to keep it real easy, is, is when I got my book, when I first started my book, I was just passing it out to everybody. And they call me. They never throw it away. I mean, nobody, they put the book on the coffee table. They don't throw it in the trash, on and on and on. But um, the first thing I did was I just added my book as a transitional call to action. See, most people that you reach out to, they're not ready to sell their house yet. Um, so what we do is we just say, hey, if you're not ready to sell your house yet, instead of save a, our postcard, which most people don't do if they're getting 100 a week, um, no. we just say, if you're not ready to sell your house yet, you can give our office a call. We just wrote this new book, the Step-by-Step Senior Housing Guide. It's $12.99 online, but if you call our office, we'll send you a free copy. Well, that's something that's real that's valuable so when we just start doing that our response rate went from one percent to three percent now not all of those additional that's a 300 percent increase now yeah. not all of those people immediately sold us the house but marketing is uh 
marketing is about trust and it's about having a conversation. And so what the book did was it made it easier for people to feel comfortable with us to just talk and have a conversation because we were already, you know, sometimes people think like, sometimes people think like when they call X, Y, Z is going to happen, even though that's not what's going to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's what's in their head. It's negative. Like, oh, they're just going to give me a sales pitch. So they don't call. But for us, we're just saying call for the free book. And then the kind of second thing that we did at the very beginning was we get phone calls from people and they say, Hey, I saw, I got some of your marketing and I want to, you know, sell my house. So, but I want to sell it like right now. So come over right now. And, you know, we felt like we had to race over to the house real yeah, quick yeah. before somebody else did. Um, so now we say, Whoa, Whoa, hold on just a second. Tap the brakes. Uh, we have to make sure if, if we can work with you and they're just like, mm-hmm. excuse me. Cause they think <laughs> they're getting, they're the pretty girl that's getting a hundred people a week asking them to, uh, you know, go to the bar. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. all the mail they're getting. So they're like, you know, I've got the cheese. And if you want this cheese, come over <laughs> and you're going to have to pay me for it. And we're going to do something called a win lose, which is I'm going to win because it's a hot market and you're going to lose because you're a sucker. And they don't say that, but that's sort of their attitude. So how we deflate that immediately is we just say in totally respectful way, Hey, have you gotten a copy of our newest book yet? And they're like, your book, what? And they like get all confused because they're not calling anybody else that has a book. Yeah. I say, yeah, you know, I go, here's the deal. Chapter three is all the ways to sell your house. So I tell them the book, you know, it's home to home, step-by-step senior housing guide, but you don't have to be a senior to get a benefit from it. Chapter three is all the ways to sell your house, pros and cons of each. You know, if you make a mistake, it can cost you thousands. I don't want you to rush any, into anything and experience that. If I send you an autographed couriered copy of the book, to your house today, will you be able to read chapter three before I come over? Because if you can, then I'll come over. And if I can't, then I just can't come over because mm-hmm. that's, that's how it works. This is my yeah. process. I'm the expert here. Yeah, yeah. And so she goes, uh, and, or he goes like, uh, uh, well, it's a hundred percent. Yes. Cause nobody's ever sent them an autographed copy of their book before. Yeah, yeah. And then here's the best part. I don't have to race over there. And I asked him, I said, okay, it's like the bulldozer coming to tear down the house. Like, is it really 911? And they're like, kind of coy. They're like, no. And I'm like, right. I go, mm-hmm. okay, well, what if I come over in a couple of days? Is that okay? Because I want to have enough time to do some research on the house so that, you know, when I come over, I actually have something to show you. You know, yeah. that's, and they're like, and so it, what it did was it changes the whole control. Mm-hmm. So even though we're in a, 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 a seller's market, that's a hot market, people call us and, and a lot of times exclusively work with us and, um, and, and, you know, wait, at least wait until to see what we can do for them. Like I've never, when I, when I go over to the houses, since I've done the book marketing about almost going on almost four years now, I never, um, I've never had somebody sell the house before I get over there. Now, not everybody Mm -hmm. sells me the house, but at least now I don't have to race out, but here's the best part. Here's the ninja. When I go over there, guess what? They didn't just read chapter three. They read all the other chapters. They saw the picture of me and my momo, my grandma took care of, and they read my story and they've learned a lot and I didn't have to be there. It's scalable. So now when I'm going over to the house, I'm working with somebody who's already pre-qualified on working with me and having somebody that's pre-qualified just to work with you, whatever your business is. I mean, this is something that any business owner should consider it's one of the most powerful tools I've ever found in marketing. And it's, and it helps 
it helps them. It gives them a lot of value and it lets them know if I'm not a good fit. So it's like everybody wins. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And also the, uh, uh, I don't know if you read the book, like uh, Influence, but uh, one of the things they talk about in there, like early, in the early chapters is giving some something to somebody kind of like it ch changed the relationship already. Do you feel that, okay, but you're giving me something, I need to at least give you a chance or, you know, or listen to you or something like that. They feel that they have to reciprocate uh, in some way, not necessarily, you know, by selling you the house, but at least give you a chance and opportunity. So even if somebody else comes in and say, I want to buy your house today and I want to I said, well, well, no, but I want to make sure that I talk to this person first and he's going to come in two weeks and then I'll make a decision or no, two days and I'll make a decision. Yeah. So I think this is, I think it's brilliant. I think this is um, it's excellent strategy. Obviously it's working, but um, yeah. It's yeah, good. You know, so kind of the layer that we put on top of it is because I did, I would love to get on here and go, oh yeah, this was, this is my plan all along. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I got the idea from um, motivated sellers, you know, adult daughter. And then I'd say, oh, yeah, I knew that I would be able to crush all this marketing stuff with it. I didn't know I knew this was going to happen. I, I was figuring it out for the first year. I remember going over this one house as a um, senior lady, but still totally with it. Not really that old, just old enough to move to like a 55 and up. And uh, which, I mean, shit, it's like going to be me around the corner. I mean, it so fast. <laughs> and I go and it's going to happen to everybody. And right now, yeah. you know, the fastest growing age group in America is 85 and up. 4,000 people a day. And then the second fastest is 65 and up 10,000 a day. So I felt good because every time I looked at the data, I was like, man, I'm positioning and marketing and be being an expert in the fastest growing group of people that when they yeah. get older, they need to sell their house. So I was at this one lady's house in particular. I remember this so clear. And one of the questions we asked on our checklist is who else are you considering selling the home to? And I always hated asking that question because I was like, what if they had never thought of that possibility, which, you know, they've already thought of that a million times. So just ask mm -hmm. it, get the info. And she goes, well, nobody. And I was like, well, I'm okay with that. But um, like, can I ask why? Cause I mean, surely there's like, you know, of, or there's a million other people that you could also sell your house to. And I mean, I believe I'm the best, but you know, we both have to believe that. So yeah. I'm just, why is that? You know? And she said, well, here's the deal. Actually, before I called you and found out about you, I called a bunch of other people and they were going to come over but then once I found out about you and I got your book, I called them back and told them not to come over anymore. And then I had a list of people after you that I was going to call. But why would I call those people and have them come over when in my living room, I already have the person who wrote the book on this subject. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, snap, we figured yeah. something out here, you know, and yeah. it was but what's cool is, is we win. Um, but we figured it out, not because we were like trying to tap into the law of reciprocity and manipulate their minds <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah. We just really, I was just sitting in these 1978, you know, Sears catalog, like flower couches for four hours, answering the same questions <laughs> over and over again. And I don't mind doing it because it's fun. I like hanging out with seniors. You know, I took care of my grandma. She took care of me. So I'm used to that, but I was like, this isn't very scalable. And um, so now I can just give out, hundred of my books a month and you know it equates to you know 400 hours of conversations yeah. that are mm -hmm. happening and i don't have to be there so it's a very scalable way to um yeah. you know, help help people and help me yeah so in your book you talk about also kind of the um kind of like what are the top fears from from uh, seniors and stuff like that yeah. so what are what are some examples of that seniors are are 
most of the folks are worried about there. There's kind of two questions going on in most senior homeowners minds, like the song, should I stay or should I go? So they've got, they've got the, um, you know, their house, if, if it's running into some maintenance and it's older, they've been just kind of patching it together and it's stressful. They don't have the physical capacity maybe to work on it like they used to when they were 40. And, um, and so, but they want to hold on to it. There's sentimental reasons. But the number one thing is they want to hold on to their independence. They're scared that when they leave the house, if they leave the house, they're signaling that we're on a downward slope and we're heading to, you know, death's doorstop. And like if mm -hmm. somehow they sell their house and move to anything that's not a single family house, their health's going to like immediately deteriorate. Um, yeah. Some of them are worried about inner family relationships because those actually don't get better. They usually, over time, if they're already bad, so most of the time they just get worse or yeah. they get magnified. Um, when my grandma died, I was the executor of her estate. We were real close. We we're like best friends. Mm -hmm. And she and her, her kids, you know, there was a lot of drama and a lot of fighting and stuff. And that, so I, so that's going on and that's in the senior's mind. They just want to have peace and they want to, they don't want the family to fight, um, but those issues don't go away. And then they're also worried about senior housing because they don't understand all the options. It changes a lot. There's new options yeah. all the time. There's innovation in the space, but it's a lot, it's a lot more expensive to live in these places than, than they've ever paid. You know, yeah. even though you get a butler and you get a, you know, a cleaning person, but to them, they just see $5,000 and they're like, oh, it's impossible. How yeah. is that ever going to happen? And, but, you know, I think it's tough because, I mean, I think the average stay in an assisted living home is like 18 months or two years, depending on what study. So, you know, when you move in, I mean, you know, on average, I mean, you are kind of starting to say that things are winding down. I don't know how that would be easy for anybody. So yeah. that's what's interesting is like, that's why they don't care about only care about price because there's a lot of things racing through their mind yeah. that is so much more uh, valuable in the same. And there's the same thing on the private investor side, or if there isn't anybody who's thinking about investing a deal because really selling a house is a lot simpler than investing in a deal because selling mm -hmm. a house, not as much can go wrong. I mean, yeah. you have a title company or an attorney, you know, the deals either going to go through or not. You can waste time. You might, have an opportunity cost you sold it for less or something than you should have but i mean for the most part you're going to end up selling your house and it's going to turn out pretty good but yeah. investing in a real estate deal passively that is not the case yeah. there's great stories which is most most of the deals and then there's the horror stories that bubble up so just as important senior homeowners have a lot of questions you know private um private money investors have the same ones. And that's why we wrote the book. And that's, this is one of my students' books, Private Lender Blueprint. But in yeah. it, it really kind of talks about, you know, the things that, that you want to, you know, take a strong look at before you fork over your hard-earned money um, mm. and invest in a deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, before we go to the, the private lending, uh, also, my, my mother-in-law, I just actually came back from, uh, from Toronto, Canada, where my okay. mother-in-law is around there. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's 90 years old and mm -hmm. uh, she lives still in her home that she's been living there for like 25 years or more or mm -hmm. more. Uh, but it's uh, it's pretty interesting because one of her so she's she's pretty she's thinking about that. She's thinking about moving right now and kind of like a smaller house, easier to maintain and all of that. Also, she wants to travel. 
a little bit, uh, come and visit us, like spend the winter here instead of shoveling snow in Canada. Uh, (laughs) And now she's, uh, so, you know, if you had a condo or an apartment and she can just shut the door, there's a security at the bottom and then that's it. She's free to go and she doesn't have to be, have any worries and stuff like that. And, um, but her big concern about selling the house is kind of like, you know, how, how to sell it, how to, how to market it, who to sell it for that she has to clean up the house that she has to renovate this paint and all that kind of stuff and um, so that's kind of like one of her big concerns uh, is uh, is around that yeah yeah it's real anytime that there's a, a big transaction that happens that you're not intimately familiar with you know you don't work in the profession you don't do that very often there's a big education gap and when there's an education gap you know like when i taught i taught at a title one school so the kids were you know, had economic disadvantages and um, they struggled academically. A lot of the students that I worked, you know, taught were one or two years behind and I taught them algebra. And mm-hmm. what I noticed was, is when there's big gaps in, in education and then you're the person who comes in and fill those gaps, yeah. it's a huge, huge difference because yeah. uh, they really appreciate it. And thank you. Cause that stuff was all on their mind and they, um, you know, they just, they see you as the reason why, um, you know, they um, now no longer have that worry. So it's very mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. All right, let's talk about private lending. So uh, again, you know, a lot of our investors, they, you know, even though they want to start in single family uh, rentals, maybe uh, some of them, they said they're, they're ready to go to the next level. They really uh, want to go to bigger deals, sometimes multifamily or storage I facilities. I don't know, but but uh, one is uh, another investor I was talking to is his uh, saying or his famous uh, mantra was it doesn't matter how much money you have you're always short a couple of millions and that's why you should always be looking for money always be prepared to look for money and always work with investors that want to work with you um, so tell me a little bit about kind of like what how does your private lending kind of like the, the book and the program that you talk about how does that what's the breakthrough here? Like what's the, what's the, makes it different than uh, what we already know? Yeah, great question. So basically what happened was, is when I got, when I went through the senior book deal, I got um, a, a, a industry innovator of the year award. Um, this actually picture right there, Robert Kiyosaki. I uh, know I was looking at that. I mean, so congratulations. Yeah, he was there and it was cool because actually it's a funny story in 05, I stood in line for like two hours to get a copy of his book. And then I fast forward, you know, 15 years later and we're exchanging books. So is uh, I never would have imagined that in a million years. But what happened was is some, an investor in um, Houston, Texas saw that on social or something, you know, it was a big deal. And um, they go, hey, um, and he says, hey, I'm an investor. I knew of him, he's pretty well known. He said, I wrote a how-to book like you're doing, but I wrote it to private investors and it answers all of their questions. And he has like, a, he was a police officer before he got into real estate. He has a passion to help people. And he's like, you know, I'm giving it out to the people in Houston, but that's obviously not the whole country. You've got your publishing company, you know, um, kids, there's some way that you could license it out or we could create a new book. And so that's what we did. We created kind of a new book and then we licensed it out so that, you know, investors all over the country can plug in, they can give it to folks. And really, it's like, uh, I think it's some of the best insurance that honestly, both parties can buy, because, you know, you know, the there's, there's always a fear when you're an active investor of working with a private money, you know, folk, 
person and then for some reason they get uncomfortable or they're not happy with the deal or something was miscommunicated and then uh, you know it causes conflict right or you're working with somebody that's just kind of a nightmare and it's like man i don't need to work with everybody on the flip side there's a lot of private you know uh, passive investors they're brand new to this you know they're doing yeah. the stock market they rode the wave they think it's kind of rigged i think it's rigged um but who knows um, I like stuff that's like physical, but you know, whatever. And mm -hmm. so they're, they're thinking, man, I want to try something else, but I need to know what I'm doing. And they have a lot yeah. of questions like, you know, how do I know if this is a good borrower? How do I know if they're not a con man? How do I know if this is actually a good deal? You know, how am I, how am I going to know if I actually get, you know, my uh, principal back, you know, what's, you know, what's the rates? There's so many different questions. And so we felt like it's just the same thing. Instead of just answering them all individually, we can just, um, give them our book. Yeah. Pass it out. They read it. And then, and then if they like what we're doing, they, um, you know, they come back to us and it attracts them. And then if they decide it's not, then that's okay mm -hmm. too. It's not, for, it's not for everybody, but, but there's some, I mean, I don't know if there's one or two particular questions that private investors should ask, but I would say that in this book, and you kind of go through the table of contents, probably the most important chapters, if you could say that would be, selecting an ideal investment because there's you know it depends on your goals and yeah. and then um evaluating the borrower is really important and i think out of all the different things on a borrower like you know experience references business model collateral character we've heard of all this mm -hmm. one i actually like the most is capacity because if somebody borrow if you lend money to somebody and they don't pay you back it's one of two reasons one they don't want to because they're yeah. scoundrel. But the I would argue that the more important one is they can't. So something went sideways in the deal. And for whatever reason, they hadn't thought through a plan B, C, or D. And so they would love nothing more than to make you happy and fulfill their promise, but they just physically don't have the money. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that, that um, you know, when, I, when I've heard of and I've hear stories of of, in, of investment deals that go bad with great people. Yeah. It's because that that capacity. So I think that's huge. And then chapter seven in our book is um, analyzing a deal. You've got to have some basic fundamentals. Otherwise, how do you know that what you're looking at is even real? You don't have to become, yeah. you know, uh, uh, full time at this, but really at least knowing some of those basics is important. And then, um, you know, if you do that, you put the odds probably 80% more in your favor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of private money um, borrowing. I say, so we have a lot of private money lenders that are, because they're not, they're not that interested in the turnkey. They think turnkeys uh, rentals is a little bit, you know, you still have to deal with a tenant. So they don't yeah. really like that. So they'd right. rather get uh, private, do private money lending. It's clean. Yeah. We send them a check or a direct deposit every month for their interest. And that's it. They're just done. They can easily do that out of their 401k. They don't have to do with, you know, with the 401k. If you want to invest in a rental property, it's a little bit kind of um, not as clean. And uh, so, you know, that's so that we have tons of those. So we, we do a lot of these private and also some joint ventures. We actually have a few joint ventures right now that we're trying to fund. But this is um, so I think this is important. What you're saying, too, is that the capacity to to pay back, to make sure that you have the, the right returns. And for every deal that they're part of, I mean, we talk about the property, how we're making money. 
Uh, and obviously we have a strong track record over the last few years. We've done over like 300 houses, uh, at least we, we do a hundred houses a, a year. So, so we have a strong track record from that perspective, but yeah, I think this is, this is important. And also when you go to the bigger investors, so now we have some, some very large investors that are looking to, to invest like millions of dollars with us. And then we're, and then the first thing they look at is, well, how you're going to need a lot more deals than what you're doing now. Can you do that? Can you ramp up? Do you have the process, the operation, the staff, the, you know, everything to do that, the markets to do that? Can the market support that? So these are kind of like at a higher level, kind of like, you know, bigger questions that they need to be answered. But it's all, it's the same. Also, if you kind of scale it down, if you, if I'm a private money lender and I want to invest in, in John, John Smith's uh, deal, and I want to invest like in three or four deals, does he have the capacity to do three or four deals? And how do I, you know, how do I help him out? And how do I make sure that I also are making, I'm making my money back, that my capital is preserved? Right. Yeah, those are, that's all correct. And I totally agree. And that's why there's a lot of compression on rates, because there's a lot more money than there are available deals. Yeah. And so if, if you've seen your yields go down and you were private lending at, you know, I don't know, 10% over, you know, a few years back or something. And now it's, you know, then it went to eight, then it went to six. It's not because the other person is trying to rip you off. It's because, yeah. I mean, our, that's, that's the job of, you know, the interests don't totally align. Let's just face it. I mean, yeah. the invest, you know, the, the inv- active investor's job is to obtain the capital as affordably as possible to run a profitable business. But what I would argue is that them running a profitable business actually helps their capacity, which if something goes backwards or sideways and they're making more money on the deal, then mm-hmm. they have um, a better opportunity to still be able to recapture yeah. that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's there's competition. It's a supply and demand thing. And I will tell you that um, it's been my experience um, and then going through the last downturn, not doing a ton of, of my own stuff, but helping my grandma sell her house after she passed away in that downturn, you know, when there's a downturn, which it happens, it's just natural part of life with excluding government intervention. Um, it's going to happen on a pretty consistent basis. You know, those, then it kind of flips, then there's a lot of inventory. And so, you know, we're talking to a lot of people on this different kinds of folks on this podcast, but like for us, like the reason I said immediate when we did the private lending book and I started doing this and I start passing it out, my students like Leonard, he's in Seattle, he's passing that out. The reason is because even if there isn't a ton of deals to do right now, having people and building the no like, and trust is key because there will be a point where there's going to be some deal flow that unlocks. And when that happens, um, the investors that, and the businesses that have secured that private capital, it's a win-win because they're going to be able to take advantage of deeper discount deals. And then their investors are going to be able to get a return. So, um, but private lending is kind of one of those or private passive income is sort of one of those things that most investors and even regular folks like say they want. But anytime you start getting like further down the road, most people really just want stuff right now. They want yield right now. They want active chunks of active income right now. So it takes a really proactive mindset to be raising money. And, um, you know, now when you know that the deals aren't, as plentiful for the future but that's a good way to do business you know mm-hmm. and it's just not everybody does that i don't know why but you can't make anybody do it but 
but yeah, it's, it, that is important. And that's a good question. Like you said, if, you know, do you have the deal flow or not? And of course you want to say yes and you want to put it to work, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can. And yeah. sometimes you can't. And so just have yeah. it. But if you just, if you just lead with education, not a sales pitch, whatever business you have exactly, and you focus the message on what your, your ideal prospect really cares about. And you just do your very best to show them all their options, tell them which ones point to you, which ones point to other people. Most of the people that we talk to every week in our home buying business and our publishing business, we can't or don't help. And that's okay. And that's the way every business should be. But we're not like dying for business. We're not, they're not sensing like we're trying to talk them into anything. I really try to talk them out of it. And then if they still want to do it, then it's a good fit. And so if you have a business that's like that, whatever it is, it's a really, really great spot to be in. And I'm just so thankful that I just accidentally, I used to scorn my market. I used to go to these masterminds and there was people, I have friends who do a lot of turnkey deals in the space and they're in, you know, they're in Mississippi, they're in, you know, Indiana, they're in all the places where you can, you know, still get a yield. And, um, and I was so, and their marketing methods were so lame compared to mine. <laughs> like I was having to go through 48 different, you know, things to get somebody to call us. And they're just basically just sending out some, you know, kind of a junky postcard and they're getting 65% loan to value deals. And I'm having to go through, I'm having like 14 cold callers in Costa Rica loop back around and text <laughs> message to get 78 cents on, on the dollar deals and barely wow. squeeze out a profit. So it's funny because I used, there's, there's a, the lesson I think for y'all listening is that there's, we, we really show our character and, and our best stuff when there's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And if, if my market wasn't so competitive, we've never spent 200 hours writing a book. And then it turns mm-hmm. out that that book, you know, introduced me to Robert it introduced yeah, me yeah. Uh, Gene Garino's new book for residential assisted living. He's a, he's a big star in real estate. We just published his book. We just did Eddie Speed's book for Note School. And oh, yeah, I know Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just did his book. It'll be out at the Note Expo. And um, I'm going to speak at it. And we're going to license it to all of his students. And so I none of this, I never, I didn't even know what a publishing company was. And now <laughs> it's turned into this really big thing. So it's sort of like, if things are really tough, so for a lot of business owners, they have been for 18 months, um, you know, making it through to the other end, sometimes it's like, you know, your best stuff comes there. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it all really worked out. Yeah, and now my yeah, friends yeah. in the Midwest who are struggling to get a yield because the game's changed, guess what? They hadn't sharpened their marketing acts because they <laughs> didn't need to. And so now they're calling, wanting to license the book. And I'm saying, how ironic, just like Alanis Morissette, <laughs> Little Canadian yeah. Uh, deal. Yeah, for that's you. right. Buddy. Canadian plug. Yep. <laughs> too much. Well, so thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time, Max. I mean, I'm definitely going to get the, the, seniors, uh, the seniors book for sure. I'm going to send it to my mother-in-law. I think it's going to answer a lot of questions for her. I think it's going to be extremely valuable. And it's going to help her, I think, make kind of like the best decision for her uh, moving forward. So really, probably give a copy to my uh, my wife as well and the sister and all of that. Make sure everybody's on the same page. But I think this is uh, so thank you for putting that together. And I think it's pretty unique, uh, unique book. And I don't think I've seen a, a book like that before. So so thank you for writing that. Really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. And then I think you wanted to uh 
you have like a special link for people who wanted to download the book. Is that right? Yeah. So here's what, here's what I've got for you. Just to keep it simple, um, you know, people ask, well, how do I reach out? How do I get more info? So we've created a new book called The Real Estate Investor Book Writing Checklist, but you don't have to want to write a book to get value from it. It's about messaging. It's about the stuff we've talked about. It's communicating more effectively with the folks that you're trying to reach out to. It's mm -hmm. the framework that we use to write all of our books. So some people are like, man, I like this book idea and I want to write a book myself. These are the steps that we use every time we write a new book. Uh, we normally charge for the book. It's $9.99. But uh, for the first 25 people, as long as the link's up, um, yeah. I'll make this available. They just go to dealschasingyou.com, mm -hmm. deals with an S, uh, yeah. chasingyou.com forward slash uh, Martel, M-A-R-T-E-L. And so you can download a copy of the book and then you can um, kind of look around our, our website and you can find some links to reach out to us. So if you want to get a copy of the senior book or the private lending book, you know, whether you're just a passive investor, and you just want to know what questions you need to ask, you know, the people that you're reaching out to, like your customers are. Um, they can get a copy of that. If you want to get mm -hmm. a copy of the senior book, just reach out to us. We're more than happy to help. Okay. Sounds good. Very good. Um, well, thank you, Max, for your time. I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Uh, and uh, yeah, so have uh, anywhere else they can, they can reach out to you, like on Instagram or anything like that or, uh, yeah, or great Facebook? Person. Yeah. Yeah, if they yeah. go to Facebook, deals with an S, chasing oh, you. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they just go okay. to that on Facebook. We have our, you know, uh, we have some okay, videos on there and it's all good. Okay, great. Thank Well, thank you for your time and have a good rest of your day. Bye, everybody. Signing Bye. off. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.